Hi, this is Sue Burke. Welcome to my podcast. Scientists have discovered a new primate species in Myanmar. This little monkey is already endangered, brand new and on the endangered list, all in one breath. An international team of biologists and taxonomists named the new primates after the extinct volcano, Mount Popa. This is located in central Myanmar. The primate, named Popa Langer, has been hiding all this time, but right in plain sight. The area of Mount Popa houses the largest population of the Langer species, which is only about 100. Myanmar used to be called Burma. Burma is considered a description of ethnic Burmans only, so Myanmar became the politically correct term. A langur is a type of Asian monkey, which is what you've probably already fig figured out. Uh, langurs are gregarious, diurnal, and arboreal, meaning they live in trees. They have long tails and slender bodies. Most of them have black faces. The popa langur, unfortunately, is critically endangered. This means there are less than 300 of these little cuties left on our planet. They're facing extinction largely because of urbanization, land clearing, logging, human encroachment, and illegal pet trade. I think logging is the big problem from what I read. Scientists believe the only reason the Popolanger survived as long as it has is because they live on the slopes of the extinct volcano. Extinct means a volcano that hasn't erupted for tens of thousands of years and isn't expected to erupt again. Dormant, a dormant volcano means that uh, it's expected to erupt again, but it hasn't recently. I think dormant is a convenient term that describes maybe. Active means, well, it's pretty obvious what active means. Anyway, scientists apparently had a 100-year-old specimen of this little primate stuffed in a drawer in the London Natural History Museum. They were really recently able to classify it as a distinct species using the specimen and using feces from current species, which is a little bit of gross. But uh, of course, 100 years ago, modern tools weren't around. And what modern tools are scientists using to decide that a plant or animal is sufficiently diverse enough that it warrants a new species designation? Genetics, specifically mitochondrial DNA. Mitochondria are specialized structures unique to the cells of animals, plants, and fungi. Okay, so if mitochondria are in cells, why do we need to look at mitochondrial DNA when our nuclei have DNA? Why can't scientists use regular old DNA that is in the nucleus of any old cell? It's because mitochondria have their own DNA, and it's special. It's special because mitochondrial DNA only comes from your mother. In fact, mitochondrial DNA analysis have concluded that humans may have originated in Africa relatively recently, about 200,000 years ago, descended from a common ancestor known as mitochondrial Eve. I've got a link on the website if you want to read more about her. And as an aside, our kids are especially grateful to have my DNA in their mitochondria. A lot more genetic studies are now done with mitochondrial DNA because Mitochondrial DNA only comes from one parent. Actually, this led me to read more about mitochondria. They are amazing little organelles. 
Mitochondria convert chemical energy from the food we eat into an energy form that our cells can use. This process is called oxidative phosphorylation. Mitochondria also orchestrate uh, when, which cells stay and which cells need to go. They initiate cell death, which is called apoptosis, and that's an essential part of life. So don't tick them off. Calcium is critical for muscle function, fertilization, cell metabolism, steroid synthesis, and blood clotting. Mitochondria quickly absorb calcium ions and hang on to them. There's also something called brown fat, which helps keeps us warm. Babies have a very high level of brown fat because babies can't shiver to keep warm. The reason brown fat is called brown is because of the high number of mitochondria. So, it would follow that cells, which need a lot of energy, have more mitochondria. For example, heart cells, 40% of the area is taken up with mitochondria. A liver cell, one liver cell, can have up to 2,000 mitochondria. And mitochondria aren't always in that oval shape you see if you look on my website. They are constantly dividing and bonding together into an ever-changing network. In sperm cells, mitochondria are spiraled into the midpiece and provide energy for that tail motion. So we need to take care of our mitochondria. The negative is that the DNA within mitochondria are more, is more sub, 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 the, the, this. <laughs> susceptible to damage than DNA in our nuclei. This is because free radicals, which cause damage to DNA, are produced during ATP synthesis, which is another fancy way for saying energy production. And that's what mitochondria live for, energy production. So now you want to know how to take care of your mitochondria. One, take your calcium supplements and eat calcium-rich foods. Two, eat antioxidants. This will reduce those free radicals produ produced by ATP synthesis in the mitochondria. I've got a list of both things on the website that you can see. Now let's get back to our little primate species. What can we do to protect endangered species like the Popolanger? Well, I don't live in Myanmar. Myanmar, oh my gosh, messing up today. But we can learn about endangered species in our specific corners of the world and try to help them. Local community actions are key. For example, Louis and I raised and learned a lot about helping our local dwindling population of monarch butterflies. I have a post about that. In fact, I'm thinking I might like to write a post about specific ways we can help all species that share our planet. For now, I want to thank you very much for stopping by and reading my post. Take care. One more thing. If you could check me out at www.susanbergcook.com, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks.